Coming up in this episode of the KitCast, using your muscles to control things, video transfer gets gnarly, and an interview with Justin Robert Young from Nerdtacular 2015. Find out if you have what it takes to be the contender. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KitCast, the podcast where we go out and find cool projects and let you know if you should backtrack or sack them. I am one half of the show, KT Data, and joining me is a man who only drinks top shelf rum, the one and only Drew Tyler. How are you doing today, <laughs> Drew? That's time I tweet myself with two giant bottles of rum. I'm making vanilla, that's what I'm doing. Sure, <laughs> sure. And in less than a day, they'll both be gone. I, I, I yeah, see, I, I don't, I'd only believe it if you just, like, started a project that was uh, Night 20's Vanilla Extracts business. Yep. Oh, my, if you ought to get one of our bottles this year. We, we make a mean vanilla, me and the peach. Am I supposed to chug it, or do I put it into food? No, no. It's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> very much a gourmet little bits of time. We still have people that, that will, will uh, Facebook us and say, I'm almost out of vanilla, and we gave it, we gave it out, like, Two years ago, like little bottles. It's a precious commodity. <laughs> I'm not civilized enough to know what to do with it. That's why I'm like, do I chug this? <laughs> All right. It's, it's funny. It's funny how many of our uh, LDS friends don't know that vanilla is made out of like, <laughs> vodka or rum. Like, they don't even know that. And so when they're like, wait, how did you make this? And we tell them, they're like, <gasps> yeah, I've been cooking with it forever. <laughs> <laughs> into the show all right so if it is your first time watching the show first of all welcome to the show on there um before we go into our projects and we have a interview we haven't done an interview in a while on sure. there that's uh fresh from nerdtacular um you know so fresh that it almost is still alive on there um about a project that we're gonna have up but before we go into any of that we're going into some news drew and yes, this week cool. is actually Pretty heavy on Indiegogo. So Indiegogo announced a brand new collaboration with this website called Amazon.com. You ever heard of them? I've not heard of these people, but they must be important. Yep. So what Indiegogo now is doing is they've partnered with Amazon's Launchpad service. And their Launchpad service is kind of uh, almost a front page storefront for Amazon where they list things that are cool. So what they're doing with Launchpad is that any fully funded Indiegogo campaigns that are ready to ship out um, are eligible to be featured on the uh, Amazon Launchpad storefront. For They have a specific Indiegogo section, and you can actually click on there and um, go get them right there, and it gets delivered. Um, I was looking through all of this. Um, the one that I remember is our, our friends at uh, Flick. Their, their button yes. is actually... Already ready to go on Amazon storefront. Um, Fantastic. We talked to them at CES. That's yeah. the Bluetooth button that you can program to do just about anything. Yeah, see the button on the screen right here? And the Pavlock is on here. You guys thought yes. I was crazy about wanting one of these, but you know, I think it works, and Amazon thinks too. Um, so what, what do you think about this? Is this uh, an, another way where Indiegogo is trying to separate themselves from Kickstarter by helping project creators even further after, I mean, because after right. Kickstarter is over, Kickstarter is like, hey, we're done. But Indiegogo seems to be, you know, putting out tools, trying to get people to still use Indiegogo after the fact. I, I, that's what I'm wondering, is if, is if, uh, is that, if that's what Indiegogo is doing? Or, or I mean, Kickstarter, if you remember, they recently changed to when a project was funded, 
you change the page and look at the page to be a almost like a, a storefront to push back to the website and then see the timeline. And I wonder if Indiegogo is kind of uh, also doing a similar thing, although this one does seem to be a little bit more uh, front-facing, hey, this product is legit, it's viable, it's, you know, come and get it. So for them, it's great marketing. Uh, as much as we've been playing in crowdfunding for many years, I think this is a fantastic way for to introduce even more people to the idea of crowdfunding. So this is a great intersection for these projects. So um, that may be something to consider uh, between Kickstarter and Indiegogo. I, I, I still personally lean towards Kickstarter for projects versus Indiegogo um, on there, considering that I've gotten like two things delivered on my entire that's true. Indiegogo does not have a very good, a very good track record of uh, actual deliverables. But maybe that's what this uh, this front page for the launchpad is doing: is offering like a little bit more of a, a verification, like this is legit, ready to go, and you'll get it. Yeah. Um, there's so, and then another thing on Indiegogo, they actually brought up a good point, and I think this applies to more than just Indiegogo: um, is using crowdfunding as kind of a validation market. Um, right there. So this this is something that is not new, but I don't think gets enough coverage because people, you know, this. I think this is where crowdfunding um, actually makes a mark, saying that we're not a store because you can actually use it in this way. So Indiegogo suggesting if you have a product, but if you don't know if it's valid or not, why not try launching a crowdfunding project and see if you can find those people who are interested in this and are willing to throw up some money. Um, and this is a guest post from a GE and their kind of first bit, bit build system mm-hmm. where they actually use Indiegogo for a, um, you know, a market test like for their uh, induction um, cook, cooktop on here. Um, that was just, you know... An idea, and they and they weren't sure if people really wanted it, so they actually put it on there. And I think the the campaign was very successful. They got a lot of feedback from the community, which is something that you do get very well in um, the world of crowdfunding. And I, you know, I think that's one of the key things is getting feedback from your backers because some of them do have great ideas, and you know, just taking an idea and developing on it. Um, does draw the fine line between having a product ready to go and you know having it be a pipe dream right um, right on there so you kind of got to balance that a little bit but w- what do you think about this is 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 are crowdfunding websites a place where you should do market validation or are you kind of more in the camp where you you're like we should have the product you know more developed and ready to go um I definitely think I think product validation is is a, is a fine way to use a crowdfunding. You have something you're ready to make a bunch of them, but you want to make sure that they're going to sell or it's going to be worth your time to scale up. So I think crowdfunding is a great way to validate that. Uh, I it is it is on that close line to like the pre sales type of thing, and that's I guess maybe that's just a matter of attitude. Like okay, I've got a great I've got a great project here, a great item. I know it's going to do really well, so let's sell a bunch of them and then make them versus. I've got a great idea. I've got a great project. Let's put it out there and see, you know, see how many people really want what I've made. So I, I, I think you're right. There's a fine line there. I'm all about that product validation. I think this is a great place to do it. You have a lot of resources. It also will test your metal. And this is what I think is missing on a lot of crowdfunding projects that you and I look at. This will test your metal to see if you have what it takes to market your product. Because you can't just throw it on here and say, oh, hey, people, did you see that? 
you've got to get out there and, and like hit the pavement and actually send people over to look at the information, right? So you have to have some traction going, uh, as we talk about all the time. And so I think I think that's part of that product validation. That'll show you whether or not you have the 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 husband to actually get your project out there and in front of people. Yeah, and that uh, that's what the interesting thing is. Um, that I I do see. I mean, if you look, Veronica Mars, that was entirely market validation. Yes, because your, yes. your crowdfunding money was not the only thing that got put into making that movie. Because Warner right. Brothers paid the you know they picked up the rest of the bill on there, but they couldn't do it without that. So, um, I think in the right cases it works. If such as a movie or something, or like um the Shen, the Shenmue Kickstarter, you know, they're getting thing, money right? from other sources too, but right. they they needed to prove it because it's been ten years, and I think they've been struggling to get the, a new new game published. And people are like, "Well, people don't want a new game of this," and then they come to Kickstarter and just totally kill it, totally right. kill right. it. Prove um, to the to the the skeptics that this is what people want. We we're doing it. Yeah. Um. So I, I think it's a good place, but you gotta play that fine line and be careful and. One of the things that you should be is transparent with your backers. You know, you mm-hmm. can tell them, "Hey, this is a concept. It may or may not come true, and we're, you know, we're testing the waters to see if anybody actually wants this or not." So, if you want it, you know, put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> I think that's key. I think that transparency is key for sure. On that. All right. So, our last piece that's in the news. So, Drew, did you ever hear about the exploding kittens Kickstarter? I yes, I believe we talked extensively about that that card game that just went crazy. It was like uh, over eight million dollars in in uh, backing. Yeah, Is that so, right? Yeah, they got eight point eight million dollars oh. on there, and um, starting from last week, people started getting their copies of Exploding Kittens. So, I, of course, you know, I'm, I'm interested to play. I saw the I saw the article with a bunch of the cards, and I thought that could be a fun game. Yeah. So CNN actually interviewed the. Um, create the game's creator elon lee and this is the greatest quote that he put in there the biggest lesson for me is that kickstarter is a terrible place to raise money <laughs> on that um and, yeah, w- w- which seems odd because they've got 8.8 million dollars the and, most money right i mean they are one of the the, the highest backed projects up yeah. in the top yeah. And they have two hundred, you know, two hundred nineteen thousand three hundred eighty-two backers on that. That seems like it, um, you know, seems really odd. But he kind of breaks it down. Um, that you know, they they initially only wanted to order five hundred cards for their initial run. Now they're up to seven hundred thousand. <laughs> uh, uh, so, oh yeah. So well. this is where the fulfillment logistics just becomes a nightmare for them. Because they're like, instead of, they were planning on just doing, filling everything and getting everything fulfilled in his garage. Now he has six fulfillment centers, three in the U.S., one in Canada, the U.K., and Australia. There's a massive print production in China and 17 cargo containers. So those big containers are um, getting shipped to fulfill orders. And we have 800 people working on this project. That's insane. So that makes sense when he says it's not to raise money because he came up with a great idea which raised a lot of money, but whether it was a matter of scaling or the math or whatever happened, he's probably not making that much profit now that he's got a company with yeah. people working for him. So um the you know, it's kind of a word of warning is well, actually I asked you, so is you know, can you get too popular? Is is you know, what's a good sweet spot for your project? And should you kinda of aim for that? Or do that's you a, expect it to question. blow it out of the park? 
That's a great question because if you expect to blow out of the park, you've got to you, you want to make some sort of margin in there so that it's not extra painful to scale. And I think we've heard that on a couple of projects where they had so much success early on that there was just that the scaling became like, oh no, what, what do I do? How do I do this? I'm not ready for this. So if you plan on knocking out of the park, what do you do to to make it worth your while? I guess to build it, and at the same time. I don't know. There's probably so many projects that get launched by people who just think, "I'm I'm going to blow this up. It's going to be so amazing." And, and and then when they get like three backers, they're like, "What happened?" You know what I mean? Like, there's probably ego to play there. I think on both sides. But ah, what was the one project that we did that somebody said, "You know what? We're not going any. We're not doing stretch goals. It this is it." A Do you remember that? shoe company, I think. I was like, this is all we want to do, and we're happy. We're going to hit this and be great. And for them, that was like enough word of mouth, enough traction to get them up, running, and, and established. Um, and you and I talk a lot about projects that are tech and, and reward-based, like the actual tangible things. But honestly, on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, there are a lot of uh, – and Patreon too. There are a lot of projects that are a film or – you know what I mean? Like where, where distribution and scalability is, is a different – it's a it's a different game because you can you can make a movie and somebody you know hundreds of thousands of people back it. It's easier to distribute that than it is if you have cards to ship everywhere. So there are some things to take into consideration there. Yep. Yeah. So consider what happens if you you know go too far on one end or go too far on the other end. Um, it's kind of good to kind of plan for that. So that's our, our news today, and let's get into our first project. So, Drew, um. You know, you like controlling things. We we've, we've seen voice control. We've seen oh right, right, right. Because that's different controlling things. <laughs> yes, I like telling people what to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, there's you know voice control using whips, uh, using your hands <laughs> to control things, um, or, or threatening to take away the iPad. I mean, I control all day yes, long on there. So, how about this? Have you ever thought of kind of controlling your devices using your muscles? And I mean, uh, and I don't mean like actually touching mu- it. Yeah, <laughs> manipulating the device. But I, but muscle control. I, yeah. I no. I mean, I I figured you got your Bluetooth. You've got your. We've talked about a lot of eye control, eye tracking, and eye control, and the the brain waves that make the ears wiggle. Like we've yeah. a little bit of that, but I don't know if I've seen a muscle one. So our first project is called. I think it's called Gadia Power. Um, on there, and it is actually a biosensing gesture control sensor. So it's a sensor that you actually stick on your arm, and what it does is it uses electromyography, so the electricity that is set off when your muscles move, and it allows you to control things and since your muscles release a different kind of signal depending on the gesture you're moving and everything, you can actually use that as a hands-free control system on their end. Some of the applications they've kind of put on there is they're trying to develop this boxing game where you can actually just stick it in an arm and you're boxing and it can detect how you're moving um, on there. And then so other things they've kind of been developing is like uh, car racing, so you could just move your hands left and right. Look at that thing that's just on his arm. It looks like it's embedded, like they surgically yeah. attached it to his arm. That's interesting. Yeah, like well, instead of wearing instead of wearing it or putting it somewhere, it looks like it's just a sticky patch. Yeah, it's it, Yeah, it literally just sticks onto your skin. Um, other things were, you know, maybe hook it up to your GoPro record button so you can just put a, do a specific like, gesture and your GoPro will start uh, recording. Uh, yeah. Uh, then you don't have to like uh, struggle to, <laughs> yeah. 
on their arm. And of course, it can work as a personal trainer because it's detecting mm. your muscle movements. So it can kind of tell mm. you what it, what it does on their arm. So this is an interesting idea. I find this very intriguing. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm so. I, I, is there anything out there that uses this electromyography? Currently, right. uh, well, right now I don't think so. Um, mostly, it's you know for medical tracking and stuff. So they're kind of tr- taking this idea um, to a next step of trying to get it to work where you can use it as a control system. And I can I can see the potential in this. Um, right. Under the thing that worries me a little bit is they don't really have a solid application on what to do with this. They 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 throw out these ideas. And I think some of their stretch goals saying that, you know, we'll kind of go forward to, to it. But right, I see we'll make that, an app, we'll do something down the road, but you're right. Yeah, I see this kind of almost like to our news story about market validation is they're putting out the, this out there to kind of see if it's feasible and people would want this um, on there. And the closest project that actually reminds me to this is the Oculus um, Kickstarter when they first launched where they were looking for developers and stuff, because one of the things they mentioned right. is their development platform on uh, Android and iOS <laughs> and web. It uh, does say Android, yeah. On there, yeah. I See, I'm reading it exactly how it says there. Um, on there, so they're kind of talking about stuff as my studio falls apart. Um, <laughs> uh, on there, um, about what they can do, so... Um, one of the things is that they're trying to do is make it work with Oculus, so it's kind of more, more into the world. Mm-hmm. So that that actually might help, so you don't have to be on a giant like sensor treadmill and things like that. Um, but I don't know, like, does this motion sensing seem like something you would want to do? Stick a sensor on your arm and move your arm in different ways and that's the, manipulate that's things. A good question. Because I'm thinking of like use cases, what, what, where, and when I would use it. And you're right; they don't seem to have like actual like software attached or a specific thing. But like you mentioned, that that it could just be that they're saying, "Here's here's the opportunity to to control with this myography. We want developers to put it into their things, much like the Oculus. Like we want you to to use it. It looks funky. It looks futuristic to stick that thing on your arm. The fact that it holds like a, a gyroscope and it looks cool and, and and you just stick it on with the sticker. Ah, oh, I, I like I like this idea. I think it's I think it's fun. I I, I almost kind of want to see it in action. They've got a lot of glossy glossy stuff with this. I don't know that I see enough action. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's almost like a concept still to me. I'm not sure I've I've seen enough in the in the project to see that they actually can pull off what they think they can do you, do you get that sense or you... yeah I, I i get that sense and that's why for this one i actually listed it as a back i think it's really really cool idea on there and i the way the project's presented it seems like it's already a polished finished product while it's, it's presented it's that closer way. to development kit level on there and that's why i i, I really struggle saying that you should back it um it seems more of a track and just to see where they're going and see if anybody else is interested in this. Because it seems like a, a a nice application, but I just don't see any solid tangibles that, of actual things you can do with it. So, you know, if you're not a programmer, you, you're not planning on making this work with an Oculus Rift, I can't see this being really a good project to go, get behind right. yet. You know, maybe right. in their next generation when they have something more fleshed out. Right. Okay. And, there, and there's something about this project 
just the little things. Uh, everything seems to be very glossy and very polished, except for there are a few misspellings in the graphics, like the word souvenir is misspelled, Android was misspelled. Granted, it, they're, and, from, they're based in China. It's true, true. <laughs> English and, isn't their first language. But everything is written really well, right? Everything, even then, usually you can see some broken English and stuff, but this is all laid out quite quite well uh, in English. But there is one spot where they actually mention the watch, and yet there's no real There's no watch. other mention of it anywhere else. Oh, yeah, yeah, except for in one of the graphics, it shows a picture of a watch, which I'm, you know what I mean? It's almost like uh, they, they might be running too fast. I don't know. So for me, it's a track. I'll watch where it goes, but I'm not interested in, in developing biosensing gesture power quite yeah, Especially yet. when it's a flexible funding, too. It's not even uh, fixed funding. Mm-hmm. So they get their money no matter what. Right. I think I'm going to follow this one. I really want to see where they go over the next 30 days to see how they how they pull this in. But for me, it's it's a track. All right. So this next project, I think it gets near and dear to both of you and my heart, especially when we're out filming in the field. The question is, how are we going to edit this? You do the insane by carrying around a 17-inch MacBook Pro. <laughs> yes, I do. And I usually just wait until after the event to edit stuff on there. So kind of... Introduce our next project and see this might be our solution. This might be the answer. So, like you said, I I do a lot of run and gun uh, on the on you know a lot of gigs. So I'll pack my backpack and make sure that I have laptop, external hard drives, card readers, uh, you know, all kinds of cables with me with my camera. Whether that's a you know DSLR or a camcorder, it's all with me. And I run around and I shoot. And as soon as I get a chance, I sit down and I cut something together and sit you know send it off. Or uh, in the hotel room, I have all this stuff. The project that I am blown away by today is the NAR box. And I'm assuming that's NAR as in G-N-A-R, gnarly. A gnarly box, maybe? But check out the NAR box. This is a thing that will let you edit and share HD footage, up to 4K footage in seconds, without a laptop. What, I, what, I'm, what, what I'm gathering here is that they've taken this, this box... And they put this kind of mini PC in, in this really small form factor. It's about the size of a phone. It's fully waterproof. It's submersible. It's dustproof. Like, the, these are like, this is like perfect to go with your GoPro or your action cam. The guys that put this together are very much into the sports. They wanted a way to manage all of the HD videos and the photos that they took quicker and easier. If you think about it, you're up on a mountain and you're snowboarding for the day and you've got a whole bunch of cool shots of your buddy. And and you did it all on a DJI Phantom, or you did it all on your on your phones. You gotta have a way to share that back with everybody that was there, or you take it home and you edit it or something. So this Narbox lets you ingest all of that, uh, all all of the photos, and then it uses a Wi-Fi, its own Wi-Fi, to push that information, all those photos and all the content to your phone. So it's 128 gigs. It'll hold 128 gigs. It'll have two USBs to to take the footage in. USB 3, and also take micro SD or SD cards in. So you just plug them in, they suck right into the hard drive as fast as can be, and then it just will broadcast or Wi-Fi that thing right to your phone. So you can jump on your phone then and use that app to view everything that's sitting on the Narbox. Up to like four devices, I think, can connect to it. So all four buddies can get on there with the Narbox app and start looking at all of the photos, all the videos that you just shot, and stream it back to your phone like in full res, full 4K or raw photos, you're just looking at them right there in front of you. You and three other people doing this at the same time. This, I mean, that's not that's not the end of it. I'm blown away. Are you blown away yet? There's more. <laughs> was that was that too stealthy? 
I don't know. What's more on there? I- so there's more. Well, on top of that, you can. They have built into their app editability, so you can adjust your contrast, your peaks, your saturation, and things on photos right away, and then share them to your socials. Or you can edit footage and trim, trim heads and tails, and put slow mo in the middle of it, and do a little bit of editing right there on the on the the shot, and then share that out to to YouTube or drop it in your Dropbox. I mean, imagine if I was out there doing an interview, running around a Comic-Con doing an interview, and I took an interview with one of the big guys, and instead of waiting until I got to the hotel, I just put that on my Narbox, popped the card in there, pushed it to my phone or my or even a hotspot, and put that in my Dropbox. Somebody back at the office could have that within 10 minutes after I was done with the interview, and they would have everything that I just shot full res. That's, that's pretty awesome. I think that's a, a fantastic solution to a problem that, that I've been struggling with, just carrying so much crap, that would be so easy. That would save my back. That would save my back. So for me, it's a definite back. I just love that they put us all into a very rugged... Uh, it, it is. It's a mini computer, but it's got one purpose, and that one purpose is sharing sharing the video you shoot and, and high-res video at that. So what do you what do you think? I don't know. This is, 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 this, is this iOS, iOS only on there? Because I've seen uh, iPhones on all the I'm, Yeah. I do not think so. I think it's a. Oh, you know what? I mean, check this. They had the iOS app built, and they're going to begin the Android following the successful Kickstarter. So, all right. So yeah, it's plat- platform agnostic on here. I'd really be interested to see how well this works, especially with the 4K footage mm-hmm. on there, and how fast that actually uploads through Dropbox and to to your other systems. I mean, because. Seven right. minute files, like a ten minute file is almost one gig already, uh, right? In four K on there, but I do like the idea, the accessibility on here. And is it you? Is it the full size USB ports, or is it a, or can you like stick your card uh, into it? No, I think oh, you can. Just, yeah, yeah, you can stick your card into it. So on there, I do like this idea. Um, because I've you know you see these kind of SD card reader Wi Fi adapters on the market already. Um, but their software is kind of crummy on there. I, I mean, I've I, I've helped beta test stuff before, and it just was not that great on there. So I do. This is a great idea on there. Um, and I'm interested to see. I would love to yeah. beta test this. So if yeah. you think about it, uh, this is kind of an extension of those MiFi cards that came out for many years. So it was mm-hmm. like you pop in your camera, and it's gonna it's gonna share it right away. This is like the beefy version of that. We just pop your card into this thing, and it just gives it yeah. to you. And yeah, I'd I'd love to kind of see how like because can you sync external audio into it or not, or are you just using on camera stuff? Would, that's a good question. Um, right now, I think it's on camera stuff. Mm. Um, I wonder if they would be adding that because it would be nice to be able yeah. to take both of your files if you threw in this card and, and that card. Had it synced up together on there. Had a match. That or I could I just stop being cheap and hire a second <laughs> person who sit on Dropbox to sync them manually on the other side. There you go. There you go. That's right. all you need. On there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I love how compact it is because I do know how much, how heavy things get. I mean, just carrying my camera around on a set of tripods is already heavy. Then you've got another box of stuff following you. So for me, this is a, this is a, it's a back too because I, I like it. It's, you, there's no interface too, which is, I, I love you just stick your right. card in it and it sucks it in automatically, which is great on there. So yeah, I think it's back and it seems like they've, they're fully polished, and they're just needing to get their minimum order, which they've already like surpassed. Yeah, they've they've already hit their goal. Uh, I, I'm with you. What I love about it is it's it's a 
I wouldn't say it's a one-trick pony, but the fact that it's it's beefy, it's powerful, and it's ready to do exactly what it needs to do. Um, they've already gone past a couple of their like initial early birds, $99, $129. So they're up to $149, and um, the MSRP is going to be $249. So it's, a, it's $100 off at this point in the project where we can say it is kind of pre-sale now because it's it's funded and going to happen i love i love the narbox i think that they're solving a great problem and it, and it seems to be geared towards action sports with the ruggedness of everything uh, you know the durability but i think it would work well for students as well because they get pretty they get pretty rough yep on there so i'm in it's a back for me yep so it's a double back from us and now this is what you guys have been waiting for dun, dun, dun. Um, i am fresh back from nerdtacular 2015 and while i was there a kickstarter project launched by justin robert young of uh, Night Attack, Jury Show. He's, you know, all over the internet on there. And I got a chance to talk to him about the contender. So let's the tape take it away. All right, guys, we are here at Nertacular 2015. I am here with, I got to say, the, you're one of my heroes. Oh, was, stop it. Justin you're making Robert me Ryan. blush. Especially, especially after yesterday, you've killed it on multiple levels. <laughs> you did an amazing one-man show. And you, you know, you're one fourth of a team that did a Kickstarter that just killed it on its first. Oh day. my God! Yeah, the least <laughs> talented part of, of the team that killed it. On there, so tell uh, her, tell everybody a little bit about the contender. All right, so the contender was an idea that initially uh, me and, and my uh, my buddy John Teasdale, who has done a lot of amazing card games uh, before this, uh, we just had an idea. We we wanted to do a game that for us, like our our use case is, you're having a party. People are coming over. You're going to play some tabletop games. But there's always that awkward moment before everybody shows up where it's like not everyone's there. You want a game that doesn't lock you into like an hour-long thing. And you don't want – like you want it to be flexible in terms like somebody can jump in, somebody can jump out. Uh, and, and we just wanted a really fun social game. So, of course, what we came up with was something very ridiculous and, and complicated. And so we had to go to our friends at Guts and Glory – who are amazing, amazing designers and are, are really, it's like to call them designers is really like uh, kind of almost selling them short because they're, they're great creative minds and they were amazing partners. And we developed what is essentially a, I mean, the log line, the easy log line is Cards Against Humanity with politics, right? Uh, but it's, it's a little bit more, uh, it's a, more of a simulation of like an actual debate, you know? So, you have a hand of cards, you have a topic, and you go around in the circle and you can play uh, one, two, or three cards until uh, you have played three cards and the round's over. The, you are constructing your best argument that you can to meet the topic, and then at the end, the moderator set, finds out who had the best topic. Uh, it's, it's really, really fun. I've been so happy like in, in the response to the playtesting, and uh, you know I couldn't have dreamed a better... Uh, uh, a better reaction to the Kickstarter yesterday. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you funded in probably sixteen hours, something like that. Not even yeah, a full day on there. That's amazing. And your reaction, I, I gotta say, I, I really think every crowdfunder like yeah does that when they fund. But you did it right, like during your show, which was amazing. Yeah, I, no, I, I took it. my shirt off and I you know, <laughs> threw it around and I kicked open the door to the room we were in and yelled at the uh, the sign in people at the front <laughs> and it was great. Like, so did you know it was going to blow up this quickly? Or no. What are your plans? No. I mean, in our probably our most aggressive projections, we thought about funding in like maybe a week, something like that. Like I think we, we knew that we would have a good boost 
because we launched early because of Nertacular, uh, and, and knowing that this is a huge supportive crowd uh, that would be, you know, uh, qualified and into it and, and, and loves tabletop games. Uh, we knew that we would have a, a good step forward, right? But we did not know that we would get the kind of traction that we did and, and Kickstarter itself wound up getting behind it. I think that's what put us over uh, yesterday was Kickstarter tweeting us out. Um, so, uh, and, and yeah, and it puts us in a really good position because now Monday really begins kind of the ad or the, the press blitz for it. So we'll see what coverage we can get from there. So I got to ask you, what's next since you've reached your goals or what are you looking for the rest of the project? Oh man, no, we have a million. <laughs> I mean, what we created um, about a 400 card deck. Uh, we have about a hundred in the deck that we uh, have sold now. Um, but the more we unlock, the bigger that deck's gonna get, and, and we hope to use literally everything, and if not, we'll just carve them out for uh, expansions and stuff like that. Uh, but no, we're, uh, you know, we're really, the fact that we funded now just really opens up a lot of amazing opportunities for, for all the backers and uh, for, for us in that, like, you know, we're, we're gonna be covering all these debates as they happen. We have a, uh, this Thursday, uh, we have uh, the first Republican presidential debate, which is going to be a double header, by the way. Uh, they have a five o'clock debate and then like a nine o'clock debate. It's going to be insane. We're going to do a live stream for all that. Uh, and then we make expansion decks based on that. We make expansion decks based on other stuff that we've done. Uh, we have topic expansions. We have candidate expansions. Uh, and then the base deck continues to get bigger and bigger. Hopefully by the end of our, of, of our, of our Kickstarter run, we've, exhausted not only everything that we have done now but we're forced to kind of do more because we got more ideas and we're ready to roll i love it so you you're the, the card game was already done when you launched a kickstarter right we we didn't want to i mean like i back a lot of kickstarters mm -hmm. i love a kickstarter uh i get very frustrated when it's just the the you know the kickstarter for professional production delay updates yeah. you know uh so we as we who love Kickstarters and, and love supporting them, we wanted to be a responsible campaign and we wanted to finish basically everything that we could before we launched, just so like we, we weren't BSing in the video, like it's done. We just need to find out how many we need to print. And then the other thing I love is like your tier levels. You made it straight, simple, yeah. sweet, just basic three different tiers on there and you're like, all right, this is all we got right here. Yeah. Instead of trying to make it complicated. So did you have a discussion on how you're going to do that or did you just You want to know what? Uh, and, and really, uh, 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 Exploding Kittens, um, which was gigantic, obviously, and, and, and succeeded for a million different reasons. Uh, but I think it, it's, it's to sell it short to just say that it was, it was you know, Matthew Inman's fame with the oatmeal because they had maybe the cleanest most well-run Kickstarter I think I've ever seen. And a lot of it was that, you know, they just had a few dead ass simple options. And so you could buy it easy. You didn't have to think about like, Oh, do I want to back at this 120 reward level or this 125 reward yeah. level? Like, uh, it was just, you know, and for us, it was a family friendly deck, a deck with curse word expansion. And then like the baller edition, $150 pack. And, We'll do more, you know. We'll expand. I think we have a five hundred dollar thing um, that we'll that we'll put out there in case anybody wants it. Um, and then uh, we'll we'll do. I think we'll do a few limited edition. Like we've been talking with Scott about doing maybe like a limited edition frog pants mm -hmm. thing that uh, with with some art that he's making for us. But other than that, like 
that'll be something that'll likely come and go immediately, you know, yeah. uh, and it won't be kind of a permanent, for, for the permanent stuff, we just wanted to make it super simple. All right, Justin, thank you for taking some time. I appreciate it, dude. You killed it. Everybody, thank you. go check out The Contender. I've already uh, thecontender.us is the website. Back or uh, Find us, facebook.com, contender game, twitter.com, contender game, uh, Instagram, contender game. Uh, we will be updating and harassing candidates uh, for uh, the rest of the month. Oh. And hopefully the rest of forever. Yep, I, I love it. I've already backed the, the baller edition. because Yeah! Like, I, I, I got to get on that. Bam! On there. So Absolutely. Make sure you guys go and check it out. It's amazing. And then... I can't wait. Nertacular 2016. We'll see copies in the real life. Here oh, no. Absolutely. It'll be out. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Again, big thanks to Justin Robert Young. I know he's a busy, busy man. Like all the producers are during Nertacular. So I appreciate that he could just take some time to talk to us. Yes. And like I said in the video, you guys need to go back the contender. Um, this game is going to be big and I am all in on it. And I'm excited to kind of see where they go with it because the debates actually are going yeah. to be pretty soon this week the week that we're recording there's going to be republican debates and he's going to be just, it's going to be a sideshow so i'm excited for yeah that. he is he's waiting to get some more materials so he can even make more cards and expansions for it so i love it all right so normally it would be done but of course we've added these new sections to the show we're at people love them the sack of the week there's plenty to choose from, of course, so, but these are, yeah. these are gold. So, yeah, this is a great one um, on there. So, I I after I saw this one, I actually thought, you know, it kind of looked cool until I started reading through it, and I'm a little iffy about it. So, mm -hmm. um, I love the title of it, though, and I think you love the title of it, too. It's yes. Custom Woodworking, comma. Pick Above is a unfinished table um, I made. A unfinished table. Table. The unfinished table I made. Um, on there, and it oh. kind of looks like a checkerboard table. But yeah, it's got a nice design to it. I think it's design. Uh, it's, it's like a marble inlaid with a really nice wood outside. It's mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. And nice. so his goal is to create custom wood furniture, and he'd like to start projects aimed towards his daughter but he lacks the tools needed and editing. Um, and, and editing, right? Like, what are you, you're making wood furniture aimed towards your daughter. Like, Not, like a that new just seems bed. fake. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, like, like a nightstand. So, but, you know, he liked to expand works to such as cutting boards, end tables, coffee tables, and work your and work his way up. And I'm, I'm just, I don't know about you. I'm not that handy of a person. But isn't a cutting board a little bit easier to make than, say, a new bed? Yes, yes. Uh, I would have to say cutting boards could be pretty, pretty easy with the right tools, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I've not made a bed. I've made, I've made some wood stuff. I made a mantle. I've made some piano benches. I've not done. I'm about to make a table. I was telling you, I'm about to make a yeah. full kitchen table. But um, <laughs> he's going to work his way up. I hope he gets there. Yeah. Um... This there's some interesting things about this project, like you were pointing out, that yeah. make it this sack of the week. What are some things that stood out to you? Um, the fact that there's only two levels. You know, <laughs> you can either get photos of the project and a thank you card. For a dollar. For a dollar, which, I, you know, I think 30 cents per dollar. He's only making 30 cents per dollar. Or you could donate 2000 and there's only one of these. Um, we'll get a handmade piece of furniture of his design and a thank you card. 
a handmade piece of furniture for $2,000. I'm hoping to build an entire kitchen table for under $200 this week. Mm-hmm. This, this to me is a lot. And there's only one available, yet his goal is $5,000. So if he finds the one backer for 2000 he needs to find 3000 other single, like, yeah. hey, send me a picture of your wood. W- woodworking. <laughs> yeah. I think and that's I, what this is all about. It's yeah. a code. Yeah, and uh, I mean, like... I gotta say, this is not that impressive. <laughs> it's pretty marble. The inlay looks really pretty uh, on there. Um, but you know, and come on, again, proofread. Have somebody proofread. You don't. Um, you don't start. A, you don't start sentences with ands and buts. <laughs> it's true. It's and true. A, and a little bit more detail about your actual project. I mean, because you've given us one sample, and that's pretty much. Hit. And it's unfinished, and we yeah. expect that you're going to f- be able to finish a project for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, you know, I think we see more of these each week. We find these projects that just aren't quite thought out. It's like somebody just wants to get in there and say, "Oh, I'll try Kickstarter." Everybody else is doing it, yeah, and not just, really understand what you need to do for a Kickstarter on there. So, right, this right. is why this is the sack of the week. Sorry, Ben. Sorry. All right, Drew. We've uh, reached the end of the show on there. So if you if you guys have any suggestion for projects for sacks of the weeks for regular projects, or you want to be on the show, shoot us an email: kickcast at ktdata.net or or give us a uh, message on our Facebook page: facebook.com/kickcast. And we have actually reached a hundred likes. So within the next few days, I will uh, be announcing the details of the contest on our Facebook page. Duh. Yes. Um, <laughs> on how you can actually win some fabulous prizes from us, which include Andrew Allen CDs and mm. um, Do the Moon Books. Oh, the, fantastic. Yeah, I love with those. A, with, with activity things on there, um, you could win one of those on there, so pay attention to our Facebook page. Um, of course, um, you can also tweet us. We love the tweeter. At KitCast for the show. At Night20 for that beautiful man over there. Yeah. And at KT Data for me. If you want vanilla secrets, do not tweet me. Tweet I know all about vanilla, yeah. Bacardi rum, white rum, and vanilla beans from Amazon. <laughs> on there, and of course, we love we love it when you guys come watch live. We actually recorded a little bit later tonight because I was still doing some post nerdtacular celebrations on there. It's um, nerdtacular hangovers, what that is. Yeah, um, our next show is August eighteenth, twenty fifteen, um, oh. around nine p.m. Mountain time. That's nearly fall. I'm oh. worried. <sighs> I'm trying to enjoy are, my summer and are, make it last. Are 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 the drones of Professor Tyler just creeping up on you? Yes. When are your yes. office hours? Yeah, Why didn't I, I, I get an A on think this? About that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've got three weeks. I can, I can do this. I'm going <laughs> to so be okay. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it on there. Um, you got anything plugged before we go? You get your mind uh, off the dread. Yeah, I'm, I'm making a table this week. That's what I'm, I'm excited. I, I, a buddy of mine who's very skilled with both photography and videography is actually very skilled with woodworking. And so I showed him a picture and he was like, yeah, come on over. Let's make it. The wife's out of town. You and I, music, food. Let's make a table. And I'm like, yes, that's what I need for summer. So I'll have to show you pictures next time we get together. Yeah, see, that's what you got to do. Launch a Kickstarter for a table vanilla making <laughs> business. Yes, yes. And everybody can back me for $2,000 once a year. Once a year. Yeah, perfect. All right, guys. We hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will see you in two weeks. Subscribe if you love us. Bye.